Hello and welcome to the third annual Movie Ghoul Round. This is the final episode coming out on Halloween, where each Movie Ghoul Round episode leading up to today has been spookier than the last. This is our fifth episode of it, and it is, of course, time for You Did This To Us. All right, everybody. We're here. Uh, <laughs> we watched the movie that you made us watch, and I'm not going to pretend to be happy about it. Uh, <laughs> you did this to us if you are unfamiliar, is where the audience has the opportunity to vote on the film. We did make you vote on a horror film in order to keep with the theme for movie ghoul round. And I, I, this is this is horror. It, it's horror, right? Uh, Nicole Davis, are, are you as blindsided by this movie as I was? Yes, but I think in a better way than you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think David Luzader also with us maybe had a very similar reaction to me. <laughs> I thought I thought this movie was going to be like an early 2000s like oh, sci-fi original sort of crap. <laughs> and then I find out the 1970s movie where people actually tr- ride and that somehow makes it worse and then there is a 2000s version of the movie long story short i hated this piece of crap (laughs) and uh i am here to rag on it there's a 2000s version of this movie with joe estevez in it (laughs) and somehow it's worse somehow it's worse yeah yeah it's got a lower rating than this one (laughs) is it actually like is it the same plot i don't know and i don't care it's mostly the same plot, so. Well, but, uh, we've been circling the drain. We've been circling the drain on this movie for a while. <laughs> so yeah. So back. So backstory I, to that. David's yeah. absolutely right. This has been well, in the "You Did This to Us" polls maybe since the beginning of Movie Go Round. Yeah. No, I think yeah. I threw that in there the first time because you I, did this to us. You, you, you hear it? No, let me just—I threw it in there as like a seed movie because it's like you hear the title "Deathbed," the bed that eats, and you think that's gold. I got—we've got to cover this sometime. And I <laughs> threw it in there. I don't control who votes for it, other than you know I get—I'm one woman, one vote, and I go and I and I made—I ch- made my choice out of the ones available and. uh yeah, so <laughs> we we got so close to the Babysitter, which is a Netflix original film that I actually really enjoy. But I said nothing. I was like, I can't make the world know that I wanted to vote for Babysitter because it got so close. And then one <laughs> vote, I will find you. You one vote. <laughs> <laughs> the last well, vote took it. Yeah, and this was. Uh, a heavily contentious you did this to us it was was. neck and neck all the way up through and we had quite a few votes coming in and and early on it seemed like it was going to be uh not the babysitter but wasn't yoga hosers always loses we put that in because one time i think hubie halloween that's what it was yeah hubie halloween that's exactly what it was now i will say that I learned about Hubie Halloween through this poll. I did not know it existed. And I decided to go and watch it <laughs> because oh, I'm morbidly no. curious. And my 10 second synopsis for those that wish we would have watched Hubie Halloween is it's fine. 
It's not that bad. It has okay, okay gags. But moving uh, on to this, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what is bad? Deathbed, the bed that eats people. It came out in 1977. An ornate bed infused with a demon's blood waits for the sleepy and unsuspecting to entrust themselves to its embrace before giving them nightmares and devouring them. So my first question on the the topic is just why? Uh, and, and, so, I, and I mean this earnestly, not just to be an asshole about this movie, because my thought initially is, how do you think of a movie like this? Okay, it was you want to know? It was yeah, a dream. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah, this is what David said. It came to him in a dream. The writer-director, it came to him in a dream, and he decided to make this, and he was a, you know, optimistic young fellow in his 20s, and uh, had a budget of 10000 ended up spending thirty On the bed. Uh. Yeah, probably mostly on the bed. Maybe um, the British voiceover actor that does the voice of the ghost behind the painting. Okay. I'm just saying the ghost behind the painting. (laughs) I I didn't want to go back and check, but did he have an accent the whole time or did it kick in about, okay, I must have just. I think you kicked in about halfway through and started yeah, maybe I, registering what was happening. I get it. So what's, I want to point out something really funny here. Brett, you refer to this as deathbed, the bed that eats people, which oh, is yeah. not the title. It's the bed yeah. that eats. But you did the same thing that Patton Oswalt does in yes. a stand-up special. It just now got put out on DVD this year, and it's called Deathbed, the bed that eats people. I'm not making... Go IMDb this. This is a real movie. Deathbed, the bed that eats people. And it's about a bed that's evil and it eats people. That's the whole movie. Right. Now, he is somewhat responsible, to my understanding, of somewhat of this revival in the early 2000s of this becoming a cult horror movie of of Rocky Horror-esque love. The Rocky Horror is like a... I'll stand here and say Rocky Horror is a good movie. This is not... Rocky Horror is interesting. Rocky Horror has right. a lot of great stuff going. For- okay, Nicole's the defender of this movie. Is Look. <laughs> Look, Brett, for somebody who stands the room, <laughs> I think you would make room in your heart for this little curio, uh, oddity, <laughs> bizarre labor of love Um because this is definitely a labor of love type of movie. Yeah, he's you know? not in on the joke. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not for its budget. All right, I'm going to say that for its budget, it's not horribly made. You know, the shot composition's decent. The lighting is good. They, you know, it's it's edited well. No, it's not edited well, but it's <laughs> it's almost incomprehensible but it's um it i don't i can't put my finger on why i enjoyed it so much i can't say it's a great movie i can't say it's uh, well acted uh, or scripted or you know but it's it's actually, I, I would say it's actually decently directed. You know, it seems pretty clear that the actors are doing what the director wants them to be doing. <laughs> um, for good or for ill. But, 
It's because he tried and it's a, it's a super interesting failure and it's different. It's, it is different than any other horror movie I've ever seen. I can definitely say that. Yes. I, yeah. I, so I hear what you're saying and I do agree. And I think part of me is that if I had walked away from the room watching it by myself, I would be just as annoyed at the room and, and have been in the past. Uh, the room is fun when it is a cult classic affair. You watch it with friends yeah. and family or in a movie theater. Um, this would be really this fun in a theater. Fun in a theater. Yeah. Absolutely. This would be really yeah. fun in a theater. It would be really fun at a party. Like th- It's almost kind of perfect for that. It lends itself to that because it's 70 minutes long. It's barely a movie. So mm. it I think that element of it is what was missing from my watch through because there's there's shots that I I wanted to heckle, but you just don't <laughs> do that alone. Like there is a Claire shot. Claire wouldn't this, watch this with you. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> so I, I watched. Did you watch last, this alone? Uh, mostly, I watched the last half hour of it um, on the on the TV in the living room. My girlfriend could hear it. Uh, and she heard mostly the woman dragging herself along the floor and the sounds she was making. Uh, and it was like, what, what is that? And then like, she watched the last maybe 10 ish minutes with me and kept asking me, why is this happening? Wait, what, why is that? I'm like, no, there's no logic. There's no explanation. I can't tell you why that's happening. Okay. So there is a shot that David just referred to in which one of the characters, Diane is, dragged into the bed because keep in mind the bed just kind of absorbs you with this foam and we'll we'll get to that uh it, it just mauls her body so half of her body is just completely covered in bloody tomato juicy type liquid and she drags herself to the door to try to escape now i've never done this on a movie go round episode i know nicole has i timed that shit i went back and i timed it and that is two minutes and 25 seconds of her dragging herself to the door. And it is so painstaking. Now, see, I would have estimated like seven minutes. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> I expected sure. like, because I checked the time and it's like, oh, there's like 15 minutes left in the movie. This must be what the rest of the movie is. <laughs> and she's groaning the whole way. She's not well, screaming for help yeah. because no one makes nope. any audible, like the acting in this movie, no one is alarmed in any way shape or form there's another shot in which like these mildly two... alarmed <laughs> right there's these two guys in like presumably like the 30s or 40s playing cards <laughs> and one of them's like oh no jimmy you got the bet on you and he pulls out like a little six round and starts shooting down by his crotch which is apparently where the bed's like wrapping around him alive my favorite my favorite part of that is Obviously, there's no recoil. They're pretending that there's gunshots. Yeah. But the way the actors are moving their arms when they're shooting, yeah, gun. But and then and then so I had the subtitles on, and one of them, uh, the second one, uh, porn stash, as he's getting ready yes. to get eaten by the bed, he says something incomprehensible, and then is like, "The bed is eating me." But in the subtitles, it says mumbles the bed is eating (laughs) Uh, no what the epitome in this movie though of people not reacting is sharon and her brother uh, at the end the the dad the dad from boy meets world have to say that early and often uh he attempts to stab the bed and then his hands get pulled in and eaten apart and 
her reaction to all of it is, oh, <laughs> just the look yeah. on her face is like, oh, th this is happening. She's she's gently pulling on his arm like he's saying something hey. offensive at a party and she's trying to get him to stop, you know, <laughs> and not like she's trying to pull his his hands that are being mangled out of the bed. <laughs> and even his reaction to it is like, oh, no, this is happening to me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. The strongest uh, that was that's. That's one of the fun things about this movie is like everybody, people are being eaten alive and like dissolved and nobody is screaming. Nope, nobody cares. Except the couple at the beginning are making like that, that in between sex slash pain screaming where you're not entirely sure which one it of is. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay. uh, the bed itself at the end is screaming and that's yeah. that's the only screaming that happens in this movie everybody else reacting to being dissolved alive by the bed you know by this evil waterbed is just ah no oh no and that's that's because instead of instead of any sort of screaming, there's just sexual moaning throughout the entire movie. This yes. movie is so sexual when it doesn't need to be. Yeah. People and, are so into being eaten by this bed, and the is, bed is so into eating them. It's yeah. a fetishy kind of movie. Okay, we we mentioned the 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 beginning couple, and I and I need to walk through this. Like, yeah, I'm just let's gonna, break this like, down. Explain. I'm just going to explain what happens because I could I could talk about this for the rest of the podcast. I sure. could talk about this opening for the rest of the podcast, and it it it's probably was opening. my it probably was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, because it starts with you know okay here's this this bed and there's this couple who is breaking into this house f for whatever. Sure, they just are uh, for sex reasons, obviously. Yeah, and uh, they get into the house. And the the girl, so it's a, it's a couple, and the the girl is like, "Oh, why don't we why don't we eat?" Because the the man immediately is like, "Let's make out and do it." She's like, "Why don't we eat?" And he turns around and empties <laughs> empties the brown paper bag, which yeah. was two apples, yeah. a bottle of wine, and a bucket of fried chicken. <laughs> that obviously they could not secure the rights to KFC to to be. Right. Yes, it's anonymous and, fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. Then she reaches for one of the apples. He stops her, and they start making out again. And then she's like, "Okay, but for real." Okay. <laughs> oh, in the meantime, the bed absorbs the apples, eats it, but puts the core back out. Drinks the bottle of wine, like yeah. takes the bottle down, op takes out the cork, drinks it, puts the empty bottle back, takes the bucket of chicken, eats it, puts the bones <laughs> and the bucket. Like I'm assuming nobody's listening to this who has watched the movie. Yeah. And you're welcome. Uh, so it puts the bucket back, and then she's puts like, the "Okay, cover back on the bucket." Yes. He's very, he's very kind in that way. <laughs> she is like, "Let's okay, but for real, let's eat." So he goes in and is like, "Oh, what? So, oh, something's wrong. The wine's empty, and the chicken's been eaten." And her response is, "I wasn't that hungry anyway." <laughs> yeah. And then they start making out in the bed, eat some. But I, but I mean, he's being skeevy the whole yes. time. I actually watched this again 
this afternoon because I don't understand why, but <laughs> well, because there's like this it it this movie leaves you with this really weird vibe, and right, I wanted and to not have that yeah. going in. Um, but the couple, you know, the the woman's nervous the whole time being brought into this, you know, sex basement, and <sighs> she, uh, you know, she's walking up. She's like, I'm afraid. And he's like, I know it's a long walk and maybe you're having second thoughts, but hey, you know I love you. So I'm just like, is he taking her virginity? And that's why she's so nervous to go have sex with him? Is it? Because they're played off to be it, like teenagers, but even though it's like two thirty, even though they're in their the woman's in like her twenties and the dude's in his thirties, you know? right? <laughs> or is it the creepy house that they're breaking that they've apparently driven <laughs> hours to get to and are yes. breaking into? Yeah, it is one of my favorite shots in the movie, though. The second time she says she's hungry, and he's like, "Ah, oh, fine." His hand yeah. reaches over the bed while they're both still laying down to just stick his hand barefisted into a bucket of KFC to grab yeah. her a chicken thigh to just hand it to her in bed. Yeah, it's incredibly romantic. Her... Yeah. Go ahead. It's just, oh, I guess I made a mistake. And her <laughs> response, her response, when when you just pull the full bottle of wine out of there, and her response is, "I wasn't that hungry any." Like what? <laughs> I am, I am legitimately obsessed with the beginning of this movie. It's all downhill after this couple gets eaten. Like, I thought for- the whole movie was going to be like this, and I was, I was in, for, I was all in. Because it, it's like a, it's like a weird, slashery monster movie kind of thing. Late seventies, you know, like the I don't know, like not like I the fog, but you know, it's yeah, it's a, the like a haunted object kills blob. people at random yeah. in weird ways, and I was just like, okay, cool, I'm here for this. This is all right. I I would be too, but then we have Diane Sharon and. St- and stupid Susan, stupid Susan, invites <laughs> herself along with Diane and her clearly lesbian girlfriend. Uh, yeah, okay. I thought that was going to pay off. It didn't. No. Yeah, I know. Especially in a movie this fetishy, you'd think. Well, especially <laughs> when there was a woman in the montage, because this movie decides to show you the bed's whole existence, yes. and in one of that was a Which woman. Is awesome. Uh, and one of that was a woman who was reading a uh, like a tabloid throw like a, a tabloid like with lesbians having sex on the cover so it didn't yeah. like shy away from it entirely but it just wouldn't commit to these two i guess well yeah. i mean it didn't commit to them it did commit to at one point in that timeline of the bed it killing an entire orgy yes a yes. uh, quote-unquote religious gathering right yes, religious revival <laughs> Because that, yeah. that's a weird thing about this bed is like, so, for, well, first of all, weird thing about the director, a lot of people get naked He's unnecessarily in this. Yeah. Like a, a lot Very, of people get naked unnecessarily. Unnecessary yeah. A lot of boobs. Really, really boob dude. Um, well, and, and the bed. Oh, go ahead, David. And feet. Like I, and feet, this, yeah. this was like almost Tarantino level of feet focus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're right in your in your comment, David, in our docket, where the bed is simultaneously very powerful and incredibly impotent. I didn't understand it. 
I didn't understand. <laughs> I mean, right. it's a bed. It but can't go should, anywhere. But it can, but can it, it can like send a flying sheet, sheet. to wrap around you, <laughs> what, which is what, what it does after that two minutes and 25 seconds of Diane or Diana dragging herself out of the room. <laughs> when that happened, I th- I'm pretty sure I said out loud, oh, come on. Because this bed, the artist is always like, oh, you're letting them go for now, but they'll be back. Like, it, the artist talks about the bed like you have this power to influence people. But yet at the same time, people are willingly <laughs> leaving the room constantly. Yeah. So it, it, I don't understand. Are the, How old is this bed? <laughs> So many questions. Right. This is like a. This is a. For those who have not it seen the movie, an entire family. It's it's yes. a, it's like a it's like a California king four poster, two hundred year old bed with like satin sheets and a big like brown blanket and like no pillows. There's like one. There's like two very flat pillows at the top, and everyone one just curtains. wants to get into it. Yeah, like yeah. curtains. Okay, but the implication of the family, and I'm talking a lot, I know, I realize I'll try to like call my chest, but the the implication of the family is like, oh, the dad was killed. And then the, like the next night, the daughter was like, well, dad's dead. I guess I'll sleep in this bed now. (laughs) Everybody, people cannot get into this bed fast enough. People are racing to get into this bed. (laughs) I mean, it's it's big i mean yeah. it looks kind of that's a, that's a weird thing like as nicole mentioned it's also like a waterbed so like it's a super it's like they, the world's first waterbed they also you can tell they couldn't afford a mattress to fit it because when they actually show shots enough where you can see the thickness of the bed it's not very thick yeah it's yeah, yeah. like six much. inches thick yeah. yeah whenever people get sucked into the bed we should say there's like a cutaway to a, a tank yes of yellow, yellow water and you know so people are like completely submerged in this tank whereas the bed itself is only about a foot deep maybe <laughs> at, at, on a good day <laughs> and 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 the, the the folks filming this were just entirely fascinated with the idea to a fault to a significant fault of different ways they could make both objects and people look funky and scary and unique while submerging them in this yellow goo and and in this tank, because you have like blood rushing out of stuff and, Mm -hmm. and like just bodies completely disintegrating inside of it and turning to bone, um, which also end up outside at some point. It just like disposes of the bodies and plants flowers outside. Again, the power, the the movie simultaneously tries to justify everything, but then follows no rules. No. And because and, and, at times it's just like, all right, it's going to eat people whole, dissolve them. And also at times it takes bites. Like the, yes. the chicken and the apple all have bites taken out of them. And it chops. It loves to chop and moan. And it's not, yeah. again, incredibly sexual, but also just really like. ASMR in the worst way possible. It just yeah, wants to chomp. You hear it crunching as if it's biting into the world's hardest apple, or <laughs> you know, I'm not sure what what it what it was used to do the the fully work with this, but it's crunchy. Everything is crunchy, even when it's human bodies being sucked yeah. into the bed. <laughs> so yeah. 
So, and the yeah. movie kind of leans into that because one of my favorite shots is early on in the movie, there's the classic uh, whirring of newspaper headlines popping oh, up yes. on the front of the screen. <laughs> and yeah. one of them is like, townsfolk scared, mayor in distress. And then another one is okay. like, woman hears crunching at night. <laughs> yes, strange munching noises heard in the Munching, night. right. It's, thousands disappear. Thousands, thousands of people have thrown themselves at this bed. But the the best part of the newspaper that you we haven't mentioned yet is that it's the same newspaper with just a badly edited headline every single time. Yeah, clearly taped on on yep. top of the paper. Same the picture. Daily Bugle, by the way. Yes, I, yeah. I didn't notice that. Jay Jonah takes, Jameson putting out that. Takes place in the MCU. It's canon. <laughs> so to me, we've talked a lot of a lot about how many folks just want to get in this bed. The biggest barrier to entry for me to make this believable is that I just wouldn't get in a bed with these like nasty old sheets. And that was one of the most upsetting things to me in the whole movie is just watching so many people get into this same set of sheets. <laughs> I, I'm a very specific kind of mindset where everything's very clean in my household and that bothers me so, but that was almost the most horrific thing to me. <laughs> That's but pretty you bad. You see it cleaning the sheets it, later when there's blood on the sheets. You hear it slurping, and you, it slurps yeah. the blood off the sheets. And the yeah. one part where it got me is where the bed makes itself. That yes. like, the sheets pull good. themselves up. But another, I, I thought uh, this whole time about you, Brett, with Lake Placid, where you were like, "Just don't go to the lake." I'm thinking people just don't go to the bed. Right. Just to, yeah. Don't uh, so the, the bed. The bed apparently has the ability to change the the shape of the structure it's in or destroy it. Very again, very unclear. But also it's for how big it is, it's apparently incredibly easy to move through very small doorways. <laughs> yes. And I, I assume you're not dis, like disassembling the demon bed. I don't think it would let you. But you do move it toward the end of the movie because um like the Manson family member that is the 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 sister at the Sharon. end. Yeah, Sharon. Sharon. She just she gives me very Manson-y vibes. She's got like the really long hair and the like really long ratty t-shirt and she has zero Completely emotion. Expression. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and she's Probably told by them. the man in the painting, uh, which yeah. we should really get back to and talk more about. <laughs> the man in the painting, come on. Oh, I can help you. I can help you defeat this uh this bed after it's taken your brother's hands. Uh, just go ahead and circle it in blood as one does, and then d- draw another circle of like rocks outside and we'll transport and then, it outside. And then have sex with your brother. No, 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 no. <laughs> her, the sister dies and her life essence goes to the demon's lover underground Okay, who comes I'll, back to life and has sex with the brother. I'll be honest, I stopped paying attention in the last <laughs> few minutes. That is uh, <laughs> that is all new information to me, which I suppose brings us to a good discussion topic of the story of the demon being in this bed and then enslaving the guy in the painting makes no goddamn sense. And I understand like I understand like the the chain of custody of this bed. 
<laughs> and how like a ton of different people have gone through this bed. Um, yeah. But then there's just this one random guy in the middle who's like, I was dying of dysentery or whatever it was. And uh, <laughs> consumption. Okay. He's dying of consumption. <laughs> and, uh, and you decided to pick me to enslave me into an eternal uh, damnation behind my own painting. That's hanging in the tiny little cottage that this bed is in. Yeah. Because keep in mind that the bed is supposed to be in like a big, beautiful, like sprawling house, but they obviously couldn't afford to do that. So the entire movie, the people are like, where's the house? And then they just sleep in the cabin. So yeah. I just, it's so, yeah. it's, it's so wacky that it, I actually kind of do like it because it's just so much of the guy behind the painting being like, oh, you naughty bed, you do that. And like, it's just yeah. so weird. <laughs> He's addressing the bed the whole movie, and he's yes. he's telling the bed its own life story. And the only reason that he's alive is yeah because the guy was sick, and the bed apparently has selective powers mm. over. Oh yeah, the bed didn't want to eat him because he was sick. Yeah, that's right. The, but it does eat him, but does but doesn't digest him and keeps him in limbo. Again, this bed is a god who simultaneously can do nothing <laughs> well it's simultaneously there's a, just a bed there's a there's a moment where like diane before her gruesome death she's sitting there smoking cigarettes and he's like "Ooh, tobacco i haven't had that in 70 years and then once she's digested it cuts to a sure. shot of him behind the painting drink uh uh smoking her cigarettes so it gives him their stuff throughout the way like he gets stuff from the no, bed it, yeah he gets the jewelry of the most people it mostly gives him rings, which is implying all these people have gone to bed with rings on. <laughs> well, I sometimes leave a ring on when I go to sleep. So, but these are big, like giant, gaudy, like late sixties, yeah, early seventies, chunky ones. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So there's yeah. a stage adaptation of this movie that I just want you guys to know exists. Um, I thought this was shot on a stage when I was watching this movie, cause it's like, it's black wood paint, wood floors painted black, brick walls painted black. And I'm like, Oh, it's a theater. <laughs> I mean, it probably was not. So yeah, but I can see how it could be a play. Sure. Well, it became a play. The now here's the weird thing though, is that uh, the person who originally wrote the movie helped the playwright write it. And then the play ended up turning into Deathbed, the play that bites. Um, that was the name of the play. And I guess it's, I guess I'm just baffled that anyone would want to go see this in a play setting, but maybe it'd be more fun. Maybe that, maybe that would actually enhance the experience. Yeah. Maybe it could be like, um, Oh, like sheer madness, you know, like one of those murder mystery right. plays where it rotates every night who the actual killer is kind of thing. You know, so like different people die in the deathbed every night in the play. <laughs> they get members of the audience to get eaten by the bed. Theater, yeah, sure. theater, pe theater people are weird enough that they would <laughs> see this movie and be like, I could do that on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that. And also it does bring to question that this movie had a scriptwriter to later aid in said play because the dialogue in this movie. And here's the funny thing. 
not it's bad and we've assessed that but there's moments where it tries to be something a little bit more like there's this whole subplot with the brother where the brother's hunting down sharon shannon i don't know what her name is um aren't they both named sharon and shannon like one of them sharon one of them shannon no no there's susan and sharon stupid susan yeah so 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 sharon is her brother searching for her and yeah. he's yeah, like on a mission. He's, he's making calls and that and, his mom sent him on. No. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he's like making, oh. making discreet calls in, in phone booths and he calls tracking. one person who's like, yeah, I know where she is. <laughs> I know. But like, they try to make cop? it seem like something more. There's a ton of shots of him just like, like searching. Right. And he, and he comes mm-hmm. across and he finds her and then he loses his hands. And that's a whole other thing. But there's God. a reason to believe, like at one point he says on the phone, like, oh, she's done it again, or I don't know what she's running from or something like that. Like there's something with her. I, I don't know if it's like she just killed Sharon Tate and now she's running from it, but whatever it is, like there is something that they just never explore about her character because you'd have to talk. There's there's something to I wish I I wish I'd written down the line, uh, because it's it's so bad. It is when the dad from Boy Meets World is because the mother is like, you have to go find her. And he's like, I have to go find sister, the world's oldest runaway. He just refers yeah. to her in the most ham-fisted, painful way possible. <laughs> just so you know, like, oh, it's it's her brother who's looking for her. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Uh, moving on to some <sighs> of our other discussion topics. Uh, what is everyone's favorite stupid death or thing the bed eats? I threw that second part in there because... All the deaths are ridiculous, but sometimes what it eats is even funnier. Like for me, my favorite is the KFC. It's just so absolutely bonkers. Pretty good. I enjoyed the priest in full vestments getting eaten. Yeah. yeah that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, wearing the collar to bed and reading that part of the Bible with the uh, the two daughters who get their dad drunk so they can stup him. Certainly could have nothing to do with Reverend Pooster. The seat of our because the bible has stuff like that in there Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and the best part too is that his his mouth doesn't move at all while he's being eaten yeah he's just like oh mm, mm, Mm. mm." (laughs) 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 so it's also very clearly blood (laughs) yeah very clearly someone else making those noises dubbed over later oh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of ADR for this movie. But well, the Pepto Bismol is also pretty good. I'll yes. throw that out there. Oh, yeah. That's that's decent. When it eats Susan's suitcase so that it can hide that Susan might still be around. Stupid Susan. There's God, a- God, I hate Susan so much. <laughs> All Susan she did was come on this trip. Clearly, at some point in this movie, deeply deeply stoned because her eyes are so red in one shot the epitome the epitome of susan is when she's like i brought some flowers to to liven up the place and diane's like you idiot we're going to the country where flowers grow wild (laughs) yeah i didn't bring a change of clothes but i brought flowers in case it's gloomy and then later she changes her clothes just want to yeah yeah, she puts on pajamas, which the bed takes off of her because yeah. it's that kind of movie. Yeah. <laughs> now, and one thing I do I love got is- all excited, though. I, w- I thought her death was going to be better because the 
the bed pulls the cross from her necklace down oh, yeah. into the bed and I then starts moving the chain yeah. back and forth. And I thought it was going to saw her head off. Me too. With her necklace. Which they are like, alluding to because blood starts flooding the inside of the bed. So they, I yeah. think they just didn't know how to show a head being sliced off. Maybe they didn't have the budget for it or something, but what, the, I mean, those plastic skeleton hands show how prepared they were. <laughs> I did like the shot of the plastic skeleton head with yeah. her full head of hair on it. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> that was good. The plastic skull with the full head of hair. It's like, yes, I dissolved all the flesh, but the hair is remarkably okay. This movie, <laughs> man, how many times have I said that in this episode? Take a <laughs> drink every time that I have and good luck. Uh, but this movie, when when Susan Susan gets Susan. killed, and her like skull is off somewhere, and they show it, and then like flowers are growing out of it, and the artist behind the painting is like, "You've made roses grow out of her within twenty seconds." By the way, yeah. you've made roses grow out of her. Like, how cruel is that? And then the flowers they show are clearly not roses. <laughs> Fake roses are dirt cheap. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now an- another aspect of this I wanted to touch on is that they did release a Blu-ray version of this with an HD <laughs> transfer. Sure it looks great. With an HD transfer from the original film, with mono and 5.1 soundtracks, with an audio commentary, uh, featurettes, oh. the whole nine yards. <laughs> now, my question though is. There was a soundtrack, and I don't mean that in the sense that it was that it was bad and I didn't notice it. Most of the no movie way, doesn't right. have any music, and I actually I, I think that actually There's is not a lot. I think that is something that that reminds you just how honestly important you know music is to film in so many ways because this feels more amateur. I mean, it feels amateur for a myriad of reasons, but it feels infinitely more amateur when everything's happening with that two minutes and. 25 seconds there's no music she's just yeah. dragging uh, on the floor i uh, could maybe take that if uh, it was like uh, ominous and building and was <laughs> if the music was telling me that something was about to happen where she was about See, to get whipped groaning. backward uh, yeah um my, i didn't mention this earlier but my favorite part of diane's death sequence is when she gets to the stairs and clearly has been told don't use your legs but you can yeah. tell she's struggling to get up those stairs without using her legs. <laughs> she very subtly is nudging herself up. Yes. Yeah. I'm also incensed to learn about this Blu-ray with all these features. Cause I just bought uh, parasite on Blu-ray and it's got like director commentary and that's it. And this movie gets featurettes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, How much so- is the Blu-ray Brett? <laughs> How I much will, did you pay managed for? to pick this up. Right. I I actually don't know if you can still buy it because it was oh, made no. by a, Oh wait, no, here we go. Amazon.com. It's $21. Good lord. That's too um, much. I might wait for that to go on sale. Yeah, yeah I think I, you, I think you can wait for $10. On that. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Also, don't you guys love how it tried to be edgy with like the breakdown of of like the three structure breakdown of breakfast, lunch, dessert. Uh, no, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dinner, just and, desserts. And just desserts. Yes. The just uh, desserts of the bed getting destroyed when the demon falls asleep once every 10 years because plot convenience. Sure. Yeah. The exactly. demon falls asleep and the bed loses power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so Nicole, this movie took one yeah. of the most underground routes possible to cult fame. Uh, talk a little bit about that. It did. Okay. So like I said, budgeted at 10,000, it was eventually made for 30. Uh, George Barry, who was the writer director <clears throat> was inspired by a dream that he had. Uh, amazingly, when he shopped it around, he could not find a distributor, if you can believe that. Uh, he did eventually get an offer from a British VHS company to distribute the movie if he would add titles to it. Um, it would have cost him $3,000 that he didn't have to add the titles uh, for a payment of $1,000 from the British company. So, sure, sure. Uh, he turned them down, but a copy of the film got uh, duplicated and started making the rounds of the underground circuit. And thanks to the eventual uh, development of the internet, the director finally heard that his movie was making the rounds and people were seeing it and enjoying it. And so he was able to finally get a distributor and it got a very limited theatrical release in 2003 and the remake was made with Joe Estevez. Uh, so, and like you said, it's had a, it's had an HD remaster, which is probably why the version that we, I'm, I'm assuming we all watched it on prime. Um, yes. It actually looks pretty good for a movie from 1977, you know, a little culty yeah. underground movie from 77. It looks, it looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would say it, it looks, it, Looks better than maybe it should at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you can clear something up for me, Brett, because you were saying how uh, you wondered if this was an Andy Warhol movie. <sighs> yeah, and that's something I watched it with with my fiance, you know, uh, by uh, remote, and he was wondering if this was a Warhol movie, and I've never seen an Andy Warhol movie. What? What are they like that? That's yeah. The <laughs> so, okay. So with an Andy Warhol movie and particularly like his short films that he would film um, in like his big, essentially like artist residency in New York. Um, he really just had a huge emphasis on taking the mundane too far. And, and like, I mean, like, and then that's exposed in some of his, some of his work, like his self portraits, where he had a gigantic series where the, the whole purpose of it was to ha bring famous people, Mick Jagger, Bob Dylan, Lou Reed, um, bring them in and have them stand in front of a camera for like a half hour or it was like 45 minutes or something like that. And just have them stare at it because he, he thought that he would elicit the depths of their soul by just having them stare candidly into a camera for an hour. Um, that sort of experimental nature is kind of echoed in things like Chelsea's girls, which is, you know, his big first like avant-garde film. Um, he's just really enamored with the mundane in a weird way. It's not mundane to us. I mean, it's not mundane to him rather, but it can come off as very boring and monotonous on the viewer side. <laughs> um, and and that combined with just like the weird shots of the bed digesting everything, which is like a weird mixture of like like color and fluid, and which because keep in mind he was also very enamored with like painting with fluids and stuff. Um, and also in addition to that, like 
they just feel like an experimental Andy Warhol film that he would have filmed at the factory. It just feels like this is totally something he would have done. Um, so that that's kind of where I was thinking. Uh, I feel like he's one of the most recognizable avant-garde filmmakers and artists. So that's probably why I made that parallel. I'm sure there are probably better parallels to be made that I don't know about. Um, I would never argue he was a great filmmaker. <laughs> so there's that. I've never seen, you know, honestly, I'm sure I have, but I can't think of anything outside of like the soup can painting that I recognize as Andy Warhol. You yeah, probably recognize like, the Marilyn Monroe one with just a uh, lot of Marilyn oh, yeah. like pop art colors. Also right. that. Didn't he make um, like a Dracula and a Frankenstein? Yeah. He made one on like Salvador Dali too. Okay. Um, he he was just like enamored with showing you things for too long. And I think that's where I get it from. It's like, I'm looking at mm. a, a shot of Diane dragging herself out of the room for two minutes and 25 seconds. Right. And, and he would be like, yes, give me more, make it longer. Yeah. <laughs> that this would be his one, thing. This is one of those bizarre movies where, and we've mentioned this before it's 77 minutes long. Yeah. It, it, it does not legally register as a movie. <laughs> Uh, it's at most a, a, a series finale that the creator finagled with the with the studio to allow in a little bit extra runtime, and yet there are still parts of it like her dragging herself along where you're like, how much more do I have? <laughs> how much more is in this movie? But but then the the if you if you you know tuned out, then you'd miss the the skeleton hands. It's true. It's true. The I skeleton. Mean, that was that was a moment. <laughs> it, it brings me back for just a minute, because because the great part about that is that the dad from Boy Meets World walks in, <laughs> and sees Sharon in the corner, and then is like, "We have to get her back." And it's like, "Hold up, you just got a lot of context from walking in on your sister sitting in a corner." And just grabs a knife and stabs a bed. It's like, nope, all right. I guess that would be my first reaction to seeing my sister terrified. There's a lot of stuff that happens off camera. Like apparently <laughs> when uh, after the first couple gets eaten and the the ghost behind the painting is taunting the bed. Uh, right. That's when the bed actually destroys the entire house. Yes. Um, so, but and we then, don't see that process. Th and then, then when the brother arrives, he's saying that, oh, but your sister's quite mad. Who knows how she'll be able to tell you what's happened. And then I get, we cut to, he knows what's happened. That's exactly what's <laughs> going on. With the bed destroying the house. Yeah. Did it then get, because Diane was under the impression the house still existed. Right. So did, she, did the house transform it into this guest house? Did it move itself into this guest house? Again, have so many questions about the mobility <laughs> of this bed. Well, she's under the impression that the house exists because she has a realtor friend that like is trying to sell the house. Right. So what is this weird little shack that the bed is suddenly living in? It's servants' quarters? But how did it get there? 
I the same way it gets to the field, I guess. Later. <laughs> yeah. So because there's, there's there's a part of this that's just briefly skimmed over where a sex therapist briefly owns the bed, has the bed. I don't, and then he's like, we're going to move it outside and then electrify it. And then it seems to just do that <laughs> overnight. Yeah. No big deal. Sure. It's oh, this, yes. In this world, people come across this bed and are like, hmm, so strange. People have disappeared around this bed. It's 200 years old. Let me just get inside of it and see what's going on. Oh, <laughs> I'm so into the description of the remake, which is when Karen and her boyfriend, Jerry rent a new warehouse and accidentally discover a brass hidden bed. Karen, a successful illustrator of children's books, so loves the bed's singular design that she makes it the shining centerpiece of her new home and uses it to inspire her designs. But the bed soon gives inspiration of a different kind when old memories of a frightful childhood mingle with new nightmares, all seemingly released by the long-hidden bed. The terrors invading her life, they decay her loving relationship with Jerry, and dark fantasies begin to scar her artwork. She thinks a malevolent spirit has awakened and is changing her, and she begins seeing things, and she thinks things are seeing her since finding the bed the frights of the past no longer sleep that weirdly makes less sense than this movie <laughs> i know <laughs> because in that one the bed's like turning her evil Ugh. yeah that that uh now see the only thing that seems sounds like it carries over is like the idea of sort of a possessed bed and <laughs> yeah and the bed just looks like a normal bed too. And I, I I will give this movie that like part of the funny charm of it is that it is the ridiculous curtain four poster bed. Ornate. That's giant. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, so. we did it guys. We watched it. We talked for almost <laughs> the length of the movie. You could have watched the movie in this time, but I hope this was a more fruitful listening experience. The than skeleton watching hands, Brett. <laughs> I thought we kind of already talked about them, but they're plastic and, he like he like you could see where his hand is where he's like holding uh-huh. it into the cuff of his shirt in the sleeve. Yeah, but there's just this wonderful shot where he's like sitting with his back against the wall, holding his the hands up in front of Always his face. Always in front of his face. I'm like just get over it. Just just contemplating them. Hmm, and, then, and finally he's like there's no flesh left it's like how long did it take you to figure that out bud <laughs> <laughs> oh Rock great it. the cartilage is disintegrating now that well what's funny so I, I was watching this that that part with my girlfriend and she was of course railing about like that makes no sense the hands wouldn't just sit there together and then when, the, when he's like oh the cartilage is deteriorating she's like oh well at least that's happening like at least she was <laughs> Well, okay, at least they followed that line of logic. It's like, <laughs> yes, everything is fine now. <laughs> well, I it actually doesn't think- eat Sharon because it looks like the demon's original lover, but she doesn't like in any way at all, really. Again, Sharon faces her own death with the ex- with the feelings of all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this movie does give you the vibe that like everyone in it was the friends of the director that he could wrangle on a Saturday afternoon. Also stoned. Or stoned, yeah, paid, made, yeah. paid mostly in uh, marijuana. 
or they were people who were like, oh, I'm, I'm here for my big break. I just got a part in a movie. What's the movie? It's called Deathbed. <laughs> the bed that eats. Yeah. You'll I, I see mean, it like his exhibitionist friends. Yeah. Anybody that's still, still around with naked. this. <laughs> Pretty much. Anyone still around who has seen who was in this movie <laughs> should just own it. Just take the Tommy Wiseau route. That man has had such a lucrative uh, 20 years following that movie. Yeah. You too could probably do the same with Deathbed. Uh, but I think I think that'll wrap it up for us here on Movie Ghoul Round. This is our third annual uh, go around for all these scary and spooky and fun movies. If you enjoyed it, please let us know on Facebook, on Twitter, or at our email, hi, that's H-I, at mgrpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you so we can hey. make this even better for the fourth year. Before we do that, though, Brett, did we ever announce what next week's movie's going to be? No, because we got so bogged down in complaining about this movie. <laughs> next week Susan is new. Oh, Susan. But we will be continuing the cycle that we left off with before we started movie Ghoul Round. We were in the middle of a cycle, meaning Netflix Roulette is next. We are watching the Nick Cage film. So already back to Nick Cage. Moonstruck. That's right. The one with Cher. So check it out next week. Otherwise, the bed that eats people, we did it. It's finally off. You did this to us. It can't come back. It's not Emoji Movie. I can't do it again, guys. I can't. This or Emoji Movie, David? What was the worst you did this to us? Oh, Emoji Movie. Yeah. Emoji Movie is insufferable. This I had fun talking about. And this movie, I I would not hate seeing again if it was at all no con- inconvenience to me and I didn't have to pay attention to it. <laughs> what what a gleaming review. <laughs> Whereas the emoji movie would actively disrupt your enjoyment of life. It doesn't matter. It is I could be meeting my heroes. I could be meeting everybody who's ever inspired me in life and the emoji movie could be playing in a 2-inch screen in the background. I'd be laser focused just full of rage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 TJ Miller will do that to you. All righty, well, we'll see you next week. Oh no, no, wait. We're gonna do it around the horn. Where is everybody? I'm so ready to be done with the deathbed that eats. This movie has destroyed us. Nicole, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me taking care of our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash Movie Go Around Podcast. Very good. And David, where can people find you online? Davluz, D-A-V-L-U-Z on Twitter. Look it up and uh, hit me one more time as a new podcast I got going. We have some great episodes coming out. By the time this hits, our Robin Hood episode just came out. We've got great episodes coming out about The Last Unicorn and Farscape. So check those out. Which Robin Hood? Uh, Prince of Thieves. It's bad. <laughs> it's, it's bad, but also kind of the best modern Robin Hood. We don't have time to get into it's it. It's kind of great, you. though. I grew up with that movie. I can appreciate it's that. I'll Alan be Rickman sure to listen. Oh, Alan Rickman's 100% amazing. bad. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin Costner, notably excellent nope. accent. <laughs> All righty. I guess I'll have to tune in to uh, hit me one more time. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at I am Brett Stewart. And one more time, please be sure to follow the show on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Movie Go Round Podcast. You will find it. It's the big green logo, same as what you're seeing in your podcatcher. That'll give you the opportunity to vote on films like this and Gosh, we'll see what pops up next time now that this one's finally out of the running, but we did it. We'll see you next week with Moonstruck. She's not there.
The bed hasn't been slept in either. Well, if she's hungry, she'll find it. 